It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. Context of white supremacy. Justice, Gusty Renegade, in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Sunday, August 18th, 2013, so I have been told. Listener supported, invest if you think the program is constructive, racism-notes.blogspot.com. Racism-notes.blogspot.com. PayPal is in the top right corner. Invest if you think the program is constructive. I know for tons of our listeners, our guest for today's broadcast is one of their favorite authors, favorite guests, and someone who has had a tremendous impact uh, with regards to getting black people to focus in a constructive manner on solving problems and getting a better understanding of the system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, We are always delighted to have her on the broadcast uh, to get her views, uh, things that have been happening uh, with regards to the system of racism, white supremacy, suggestions on things that victims of racism can do to counter that system and improve our quality of life. Third generation physician, general and child psychiatrist, author of the ISIS papers, Keys to the Colors. I believe this is her 20th visit to the context of white supremacy. Always a huge honor to have her on the broadcast. Joining us live from Washington, D.C., our guest, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. Dr. Welsing, are you with us? Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing a bit of your time again. We know you are super busy, and uh, it is always just a real honor to have you on the broadcast and to hear some of your views. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, and I would just like to commend you for having a program where the most important topic in the world as far as I'm concerned, and that's racism, white supremacy, and you have given an outlet for that discussion, and uh, so I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. 
thank you. Uh, I know we really appreciate it. I know a lot of us who are trying to do something about this problem of racism uh, have been greatly influenced by your work. So a lot of it is is due to you and and Mr. Fuller as well, uh, his work with the code book. Um, As I told listeners, I wanted to compensate today. I know a lot of folks that dialed in uh, when you visited us a few weeks back and they had questions. So I want to try to get Listeners, uh, folks have questions, things you want to ask Dr. Welsing. I want to try to go to the phone line as soon as possible. Uh, The number is 760-569-7676. And the code is 564-943-POUND. Press star 6 if you have questions. Uh, One more time. I'll give it out a few times as we roll. One more time. The number is 760-569-7676. And the code is 564-943-POUND. Press star six if you have questions. Uh, Before I get our first caller, uh, there has been... Lots of publicity uh, this month uh, in the build-up to the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington. Um, You were around and analyzing racism when the march happened in 63. Uh, Do you have any any thoughts about what's going to take place in about 10 days uh, in your city, Washington, D.C.? Well, I think that uh, the organizers of the march are doing a lot to uh, make people aware of what happened 50 years ago and uh, people who may not even have been born uh, are having a chance to focus on um, that historic event. Uh, What I would like people to focus on is raising the question, why should black people have to 50 years, you know, 50 years have passed. That's a half a century. And why are black people having to still march? And I think that that's the critical question that everybody should be asking themselves. In other words, what is going on such that black people still have to have the same set of complaints that they had 50 years ago. Do you see? And as a matter of fact, we have some of the same complaints that uh, we had when we were formerly enslaved. Yes, people, for the most part, uh, they have more access to material possessions. But I can answer the question. I think that the reason that we are going in a cycle going in a circle of repeat performance because we are not yet focusing on the fact that we are dealing with an entire system structure, a power system structure that is not accidental that black people have many complaints, that this is a part of the system, this is a necessary part of the system that black people remain in an oppressed, inferiorized position on this planet. So I am an advocate 
of black people taking understanding to another level instead of people talking about post-racial as black people we should be talking about now we are in the phase where we can have a scientific and critical understanding of what racism is all about and that we should have increasing numbers of persons who are addressing this reality instead of going through, oh my goodness, Oprah Winfrey couldn't buy a purse. Do, do you see? Or oh my goodness, the outcome of the Trayvon Martin uh, event, tragedy. Do you see? Or oh my goodness, uh, someone like Russell Simmons making the damning mistake that he made uh, in terms of his portrayal of Harriet Tubman. Uh, so I would like us to take our understanding to the level where all of these things we can put in a context and a framework of understanding because indeed if we do understand racism and white supremacy as a system as opposed to engaging in the fantasy that we are somehow post-racial because we have a black president. So that would be my opening remark, that we need to be raising the question, why should we have to march again after half a century? And the answer to that is that we are in a local, national, global system of racism, white supremacy, a system for white genetic survival on the planet, which necessitates oppressing and destroying black people. As a matter of fact, it necessitates leading black people in the direction of genocide. So that's where I would like to start. Outstanding. Um, I guess just really quick with regards to Russell Simmons, since you brought that up for listeners, I guess if folks are not aware, uh, it was a big controversy this past week. Uh, it was a video that was released uh, through his distribution company where it was some sort of portrayal of uh, Harriet Tubman and some sort of sex act uh, with a white slave owner. And a lot of people, rightly so, were very offended, very upset by this. And uh, he ultimately did apologize and take the content down. But the damage had been done. Uh, it reminded me, because uh, this is not the first time that I've seen this sort of thing. I think uh, Cedric the Entertainer in the film Barbershop uh, where he made the comment about Rosa Parks and saying that she didn't she didn't really do anything. She just sat her, I think he said, ASS down. Um, and I heard a lot of black people, they were very upset, name-calling Russell Simmons and that sort of thing. Uh, is this something where you would say this is what happens when black people, non-white people, when we are confused about what racism, white supremacy is? Well, I would say that um, if indeed... I didn't see it, but it, it has been described to me by a number of people who have seen it, that this would indicate that Russell Simmons, whether he understands it or not, has had uh, a high level of black self-hatred, that he is a victim of high-level black self-hatred, in the system of racism, white supremacy. I don't care how much money he has. 
sometimes people get carried away thinking that they have financial resources, but the system of racism and white supremacy pays the highest amount of money to those people who are willing to demean and degrade themselves, whether they understand what they're doing or not. And I would just like to, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in the conference room and at the conference table or wherever the discussion took place about planning and executing that horrific blasphemy against black people, who was present? Were there people who classified themselves as white, present, egging a person like Russell Simmons and company, urging them on and saying this is okay? like the people who urge on black people to produce records where they are demeaning and degrading themselves and other black people. You see, as long as we are willing to demean and degrade ourselves and destroy ourselves, then racism, white supremacy continues to exist in a very powerful fashion. So I would hope it's more important that Russell Simmons, more important than apologizing, that he will do some mirror studies and try to get immersed in an understanding of racism, white supremacy. And if he doesn't choose to do that, then thinking black people should not purchase or be involved in anything that he markets or puts out for people to buy. Absolutely. Um, you you mentioned how with the march with regards to black people, victims of racism, uh, going through the same patterns, uh, why we have to continue to march about problems that we're facing as a result of racism. And I remember in the archives, this is uh, one of your visits back in 2011, where you were talking about how the system of racism, white supremacy, it recycles. Uh, Mr. Neely Fuller Jr., he has uh, four stages uh, that racism, white supremacy, it goes through uh, establishment, maintenance. Maintenance, expansion, refinement. Exactly. See, what we have to understand, see, once you understand that racism, white supremacy has a purpose. And the purpose is not hating black people, even though on the surface level that's what black people experience. The system of racism has been designed on planet Earth for the genetic survival of the tiny minority of white people. So it's a system that has a purpose, and a purpose, a logical purpose for the people who classify themselves as white. It's not an accident. This is not an accident that has gone on for 500 plus years. This is a necessary system in the minds and in the thinking of people who classify themselves as white it is essential for their genetic survival on this planet because they're a tiny minority that is genetic recessive to the non-white global majority. Let me just read my definition 
my long-standing definition of racism, and not to be egotistical, but I'll say there's no more comprehensive a definition and statement on racism that is in existence at this particular point in time. And as I've said before on your program, I'm probably saying, I've advertised, does anybody have a better explanation of racism, white supremacy, that covers all bases? in terms of white behavior. And I've said this for over 20 years, and it hasn't come forward. But let me read my definition. Racism, white supremacy, is the local and global power system and dynamic structured and maintained by persons who classify themselves as white, whether consciously or subconsciously determined which consists of patterns of perception, logic, symbol formation, thought, speech, action, and emotional response as conducted simultaneously in all areas of people activity, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. For the ultimate purpose of white genetic survival and to prevent white genetic annihilation on planet Earth, a planet upon which the vast and overwhelming majority of people are classified as non-white, meaning black, brown, red, and yellow, by white-skinned people, and all of the non-white people are genetically dominant in terms of skin coloration compared to the genetic recessive white-skinned people. You see, so people are marching, hoping to change the thinking of white people. Now, this is where I say this is the mistake. We need to be into the realization that this system structure that has gone through establishment, maintenance, expansion, and refinement is for the purpose of white genetic survival. And so what people need to be doing is sitting down with people who classify themselves as white, if anything, and say not asking them why are they doing what they're doing, but sitting down with people who classify themselves as white and from the black side of the chessboard saying, we finally are understanding why you are behaving in the way that you are behaving. Because you consider that it is essential to engage in near genocide behavior towards black people because black people have the greatest genetic potential to cause white genetic annihilation. Not that black people are seeking to do that, but in your mind, and this is why when a black male is killed, the answer is always, I was afraid of him, Trayvon, I mean, George Zimmerman, or I thought he had a weapon. Well, the weapon subconsciously is the black man's genetic material in his genitals that can cause white genetic annihilation. So what we need to do is elevate. It would be a disgrace 
if 25 years from now black people find themselves marching around and complaining? We can't. I mean, we have to decide that we want to make progress, but I say that the reason that we are not saying that we really need to fully analyze, fully understand, fully define what we're dealing with is that deep, 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 deep in the psyche of the majority of black people is the idea that white is going to save us. That's why black people have in their mind the Savior, S-A-V-I-O-R, the Savior is a picture of a white man that black people were given during the hundreds of years of black enslavement. And that's deep, 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 deep in the psyche that got in place when we were under the lash, under the whip, being raped and brutalized during enslavement. And so black people is like anybody in prison if they're being harshly treated, and just being in prison is harsh treatment, the person begins to fantasize about maybe today the guard is going to come in and love me. Maybe today the guard is going to come in and treat me nicely. Maybe today the guard is going to come in and love me. So people who were in chains like our ancestors, having been kidnapped and taken from Africa, whipped and beaten in the whole transatlantic horror. And so people were in hopes out of their helplessness that somehow the white people were going to act differently. And so I can understand and we should all understand and have consideration, maybe have respect also for what our ancestors had to think about. But the creative force in the universe gave us brains to analyze what's going on in the environment. See, if we respect ourselves, then we will use our brains to analyze what is going on. And that's why we as black people, we keep raising the question, hey, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Everybody you meet, hey, what's happening? What's happening? Because we don't understand what's going on. And the television and people who classify themselves as white are not going to tell us what is going on. This is why they raise all kind of sand about if black people begin to approach and think they want to say something about racism, just like they're jumping all over Oprah Winfrey for saying something about the purse that were, she was prevented from buying, and she raised the word racism, and then people are jumping all over her. And then she has to come with a quasi kind of apology and then mean it to create an uproar. Well, it is an uproar. You see, but every time black people try to talk about it, they are shut, hushed. 
and told by white people you're playing the race card and shut up, you're not allowed to talk about it. If you want to teach at my university, if you want to get grants from me, you will not talk about racism. Do you hear me? I mean, that's the same way the slave master talked to us. So this is what we have to begin to understand. We have brains inside of our heads, and we have to understand we are the first people on the planet. Everybody came from us. Nobody has more than us. It's just a question of will we, because our self-respect, just like Russell Simmons, his self-respect as a black man has been obviously totally annihilated. He has no self-respect as a black man. He may not even understand it. He has no self-respect as a black man. And self-respect is essential to use your brain at the highest level. And so this is why. The system pays us to call ourselves niggers, bitches, whores, gangsters, and thugs. And then when George Zimmerman says, well, there's a black young man, he must be a gangster and a thug, we get hurt and upset. But this is the dynamic of a system of racism which we need to sit down, relax, put the food aside, shut off the music, and be quiet and start thinking about what indeed is happening to us as a people. And we are on this cliff of genocide. Anytime the men of a people are being destroyed, those people are in a state of genocide. And the system wants to tell us, in this state of genocide, a man and a man being married, a woman and a woman being married is the same as a man and a woman. That's genocide. That's genocide for white, for white people. It doesn't mean demean somebody who feels that they are gay or homosexual or lesbian. But anybody who thinks that you can equate a man being married to a man and a woman being married to a woman is the same as a man and a woman when the other two forms are a negation of procreation. So it's just like turn on the TV and all of the killing, all of the killing. We should, if out of our self-respect, we should be up in arms about all the killing that's going on on the continent of Africa and the country of Egypt. The killing that's going on in Mali, the killing that's going on in the Sudan, the killing that's going on in Nigeria. We're watching the retaking of the continent of Africa. Now, they can have all kinds of explanations about terrorists and al-Qaeda and whoever, whatever. No, this is the retaking of the continent of Africa, having the people kill themselves, kill one another, so that somebody else controls the resources on that gigantic continent. But it's black people and shades of black people who are being killed. 
just like all the black people that are being killed in the urban centers. So the people, this, you know, this anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King's speech and also the distortion, you know, calling it the dream, the dream. No, he gave his life trying to contribute to the solution to the problem of racism, white supremacy, just like Malcolm X and just like Megger Evers and all of the other people who have seriously been concerned about what is happening to black people. We should not be calling this man's dreaming. No, he gave his life. He knew that people were trying to kill him. But he was leading a march, trying to help solve the problems that black people were facing by the system, problems created by the system of racism, white supremacy. And if I could wave a magic wand, all of our so-called organizations, all of our spokespersons would have the courage like Attorney General Eric Holder, what did he say? Are we a nation of cowards being unable to talk about racism? Not being able to talk about marching. Being unable to talk about racism, white supremacy. You see, but the people who classify themselves as white can pay us into silence. All of our so-called major organizations are funded most by people who classify themselves as white. And they can say, I don't want you talking about this. I don't want you talking about that. If you're going to get this funding from us, then you won't talk about racism and white supremacy. Now, that's a tragedy. But those people who are thinking and not caught in those traps should do everything they can to increase their understanding of this system of racism and white supremacy, which Neely Fuller, Jr., genius in the 20th century, Dr. Du Bois, the first part of the 20th century, 1903, in his book, Souls of Black Folks, said the problem of the 20th century is the question of the color line. That was his terminology for racism and white supremacy. Neely Fuller came along in the mid-50s during the Korean War, and he's the first person to say this is a system. A system means something that all of the parts are coordinated and connected so as to turn out a particular result. Just like you can speak of a car factory, General Motors or Ford or any other car factory where all of the offices, all of the units in the factory are to turn out a particular automobile. You don't have one part of the system turning out rabbits. 
No, the whole factory is structured and organized to produce particular kinds of automobiles, a system structure. Racism, white supremacy is a total system, all of its institutions. As Mr. Fuller laid out, in economics, education, entertainment, labor law, politics, religion, sex, and war. All of the activities are so structured and programmed to turn out the power equation of white power over a relative non-white powerlessness. The purpose of the maintaining that particular power equation is for white genetic survival on the planet because of the particular demographics. Whites are a tiny minority on the planet. They are genetic recessive. They're not genetically superior. They are genetic recessives. Mutations from black people. And once they found out that everybody else on the planet was colored and genetically dominant, they simply figured out what do they have to do for their genetic survival by any means necessary. And so some of those means make certain that black men cannot function as husbands and fathers. And so you have high levels of black male unemployment. If a man is unemployed, he can't play the role of husband and father. Those are economic roles. And so if you are determined to destroy black men, take them out of the family. Make it impossible for them to function as husbands and fathers. And then you go around saying 70% of the black families are single-parent households. And then Bill O'Reilly gets on TV and starts talking about the single-parent households and the teen parents. Now, he doesn't have the, what shall I say, the courage He doesn't have, what shall I say, the strength to talk about what white people are doing. What are the people who classify themselves as white doing to prevent black men from having jobs? What are the people who classify themselves as white doing in their willingness to pay forty, fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars a year for a black man to be incarcerated, but not pay him half of that so that he can have a job and a decent salary to be a husband and a father. See, Bill O'Reilly can't talk about that. Rush Limbaugh cannot talk about it. What's his name? Uh, Anderson Cooper cannot talk about it. Soledad O'Brien can't talk about it. No, they will not talk about racism, white supremacy, but they want to talk about black people and their responsibility. But they don't want to look in the mirror. See, I would like to take on Bill O'Reilly, Rush Limbaugh, like taking on uh, Dr. Shockley, who was talking about black genetic inferiority. No, the response to them is to say, Mr. O'Reilly, 
Mr. Limbaugh, let's talk about the local, national, global system of racism, white supremacy. That people who classify themselves as structured, as white, have structured consciously and or subconsciously in all areas of people activity, economics, education, entertainment, labor law, politics, religion, sex, and war, Mr. O'Reilly, Mr. Limbaugh, controlling patterns of perception, logic, symbol formation, thought, speech, action, and emotional response for the purpose of white genetic survival on planet Earth, Mr. O'Reilly, Mr. Limbaugh, Look at Mr. The President Obama, Mr. Limbaugh, Mr. O'Reilly. You see, he's a black man. Now, his mother was white. His father was black. You don't see white on his face because he, the white has been genetically annihilated, Mr. O'Reilly, Mr. Limbaugh. Now, do you want white people to disappear, Mr. O'Reilly, Mr. Limbaugh? If you don't want them to disappear, that's why the system of racism, white supremacy, has been de designed, structured, carried out, and why you, Mr. O'Reilly, Mr. Limbaugh, Anderson Cooper, et al., why you don't really want to talk about racism, white supremacy as a total system structure. Mr. Limbaugh, Mr. O'Reilly, Mr. Anderson Cooper, and everybody else, all the liberals, all the conservatives who want to pretend that they're interested in racism, but they don't want to define what they're talking about. And I say this, you know, I'm the only psychiatrist in the whole of the United States of America who has been talking about racism, white supremacy, what it is, for 40 years. And so you would think if somebody was seriously interested in having a discussion about racism, they would be saying, and it's like not that I need to be on anybody's television show, but they would at least say, well, why not call Dr. Frances Welsing? So she's the only one who has been talking about this for 40 years. Why call on an entertainer? you can speak to a psychiatrist. You see, these are the questions that we should be asking out of our self-respect for ourselves as black people because we're serious about the situation that we're in. We're serious about our children not having an effective education and black people not having jobs, and black people being gentrified out of the urban centers, and black people being blocked from voting, 
and black people having levels of unemployment that are twice, three, four times as high as people who classify themselves as white. See, if we are serious, see, I can, I can see the creator of the universe, and black people are begging, help us, and the creator saying, look, I gave you brains. I gave you brains. I made you the first people. Nobody has more than you. Now, if you choose to not use your brain, or if you choose to hate being black, don't call on me. See, if we were really wise, we would understand how white supremacy has controlled our thinking so that, you know, people don't like crystal black. Everybody wants to be close to looking white. Well, that appearance was created by the great-grandmothers being raped by white men. That wasn't a love affair. Thomas Jefferson was not in a love affair with Sally Hemings. He was in a use affair, an enslavement relationship. So we need to understand all the colors are okay. Black people are responsible for all of the colors, but crystal black is the level, is the color that every black person should have at the highest level of respect. This is what we looked like before our ancestors were raped. Now, all the colors are okay, and everybody should like themselves, but don't put the color that is the, what, the scarlet letter, the sign that the grandparents were raped. We're going to turn that upside down. Because right now, all of the people on the planet, all the colored people on the planet, Victims of racism, white supremacy, trying to bleach their skin. You know, I tell people if I invented three pills, the first one would turn you white overnight, the next one would give you long straight hair, the next one would give you so-called white features, I would be the richest person on the planet. Because all of the people of color who have been for centuries under the foot of racism and white supremacy, wishing they were white. So I could just go on eBay, sell the three pills for any amount of money. And people in Asia, people in Africa, people in Central America, people in South America, people in the United States of America, all the people of color. Dr. Welsing, I want your three pills. I can only pay for the first one this week, but when I get my check, <laughs> I'll be able to, can I buy them on an installment plan? See, now we have to embrace ourselves and hug ourselves and say we understand. This is victimization by the system of racism and white supremacy. But we are going to understand it. We are going to regain respect for ourselves as black people. And we are going to talk about racism, white supremacy, what it is.
and we're going to master the behaviors that begin to bring it to a halt so that we are replacing the highest form of terrorism and injustice, replacing it with a system of justice, which means nobody is going to be mistreated. Nobody is allowed to mistreat anybody else. And those who need the most help get the most help. And then there's a possibility of having peace on this planet. But we can't have peace and we cannot have justice as long as there is a system of racism, white supremacy, what, which is what exists on the planet at this particular time. And I think everybody should buy Neely Fuller's books and everybody should think about the behaviors. You know, when I think about Neely Fuller had 10 stops with behavior, called them counter-racism. I call them exercises in black mental health and black self-respect and building a culture of counter-racism. And the behaviors are stop name-calling one another, stop gossiping about one another, and stop cursing one another, stop squabbling with one another, stop snitching on one another for reasons of personal gain, stop being discourteous and disrespectful to one another, stop stealing from one another, stop robbing one another, stop fighting one another, stop killing one another. Now, people say, oh, those are so simple behaviors I don't have time to even think about. Just imagine if there was a critical mass of black people engaging in those behaviors of counter-racism, of mental health, black mental health, black self-respect. Can you imagine where we would be as a community of people? You see, we're codified. No, we don't kill each other. No, 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 no. We don't fight with one another. We are just discourteous. We are not discourteous and not disrespectful to one another. You see, imagine if we were functioning in that mode. Then, you know, people talk about wanting to start a business. You can't start a business if you're not going to be courteous and respectful to your customers. You're not going to be successful in a business if you're going to be cheating them, effectively stealing from them. Or a business can't last if we're going to rob and steal from each other. Or how can an organization really be effective if we're going to be squabbling with each other? and name-calling each other, and gossiping about each other. So these are all behaviors that, you know, developed in the enslavement, the formal enslavement phase of the system of racism, white supremacy. I mean, that's the way you run a plantation. You had 300 slaves on a plantation and about 10 people in the big house. So if you didn't program the people to, first of all, hate themselves, program them to call themselves niggers, 
trained them to call themselves niggers, trained them to snitch on each other, trained them to squabble with each other. That's the way you run a plantation, divide and conquer. So ten people in the big house can control 300 slaves on a plantation. The same thing happens on a job. You put all the black people in the same unit, have them squabbling and snitching on each other, and nobody gets a raise. Nobody gets a promotion. That's the way you keep them in their place. So these are things that we need to understand. And people who are marching need to say, we're not dreaming anymore. We are wide awake. Forget talking about somebody dreaming. Martin Luther King could not have been dreaming and accomplishing everything that he accomplished and have the courage to give his life. But somebody said, no, let's keep, let's focus, let's have them talk about dreaming, the dream, 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 dream. So that means that they have to stay asleep in order to dream. That's where we want them, asleep. So they will not understand racism, white supremacy. And as Neely Fuller said, if you do not understand white supremacy, racism, what it is, and exactly how it works. Everything else that you think you understand will only confuse you. See, if you do not understand white supremacy, racism, what it is, and exactly how it works, everything else that you think you understand, even if you have 50 PhDs, Everything that you think you understand will only confuse you. So I've added to that list of ten stops. I've added stop using and selling drugs to one another. Stop black people from, stop making children Black children think that as children they can be adequate mothers and fathers. Black people need to be 30 years of age before they produce children. Why? So that they will spend those 30 years going to school, maximizing learning, maximize development of skills, maximizing self-discipline. and selecting people who are willing to work together to develop children under the conditions of war, which is what racism and white supremacy is. But as it is now, it's just like the white supremacy system is paying so-called entertainers to trash sex and, pl and sing about playing around with sex. See, when people play with sex, the joke is on the offspring. So people are breeding and studying exactly in the same way that the slave masters had us doing on the plantation. Breeding and producing slaves that would be sold from one plantation to another. 
now is producing throwaway children and giving them to foster care and having the children sexually abused in the foster care situation. This is what we better understand. Somebody 15 years old producing a child that they cannot possibly take care of for 25 years. Do I know what I'm talking about? Yes, because I'm a psychiatrist that treats the people who have not been taken care of by their parents because the parents were not able to take care of them because we hadn't broken the code of inferiorization and racism, white supremacy, and what it does to us if we don't understand how the system works. So stop black children from thinking that as children they can be adequate mothers and fathers. Stop throwing down trash where black people live, work, and play. Stop believing in welfare, believing in prosperity. Stop pretending that racism, white supremacy does not exist. Stop allowing racism, white supremacy, causing black, brown, red, and yellow people to squabble and fight amongst themselves. And let me say this, that somebody will say, well, Dr. Wilson, how is it that one-tenth of the people, white people are fewer than one-tenth of the people on this planet, how is it that one-tenth of the people can control the nine-tenths? Does it mean that the black, brown, red, and yellow people are dumb and stupid and that the white people are smart? And I say, no, it doesn't mean that necessarily. What it does mean is that if the one-tenth, the people who classify themselves as white, are able to teach the nine-tenths to hate themselves, which is what the television, that's the main purpose of the television. You turn on the television every day and you see white, 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 Then you may see a black person looking stupid. White, 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 So the television is programming and teaching the major messages of white supremacy and hate being non-white. Anybody sits in front of the television who doesn't understand racism and white supremacy is being systematically programmed. And so if the system is able to teach the majority of the people, hate yourself and wish you were white, then even though the people of color represent nine-tenths global majority, because they have been programmed into self-hate, their behavior supports the one-tenth being dominant over them. So maybe there are some questions. Context of white supremacy. Again, our guest, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. Uh, folks have questions, the number to dial 760-569-7676.
and the code is 564-943-POUND. Press star 6. Folks have questions. Uh, one thing that I did want to get, um, hmm, I see the caller. I'll get you. One thing I wanted to get in really quick. The last time that you were with us, uh, I read the report about uh, Mr. Ingham. Uh, he's a black male. He was found hanging. Uh, this was earlier in July, and I don't think too many people heard about it. Uh, it was reported as a quote-unquote suicide and moved forward. Um, since July 1st, there have been three different incidents where a black male has been found hanging. Uh, the one with Mr. Ingham, that was one. Uh, there were two others. Uh, now, where, where, where are these taking place? Okay. The, this first one, this happened on July 2nd. Uh, this is in Minneapolis. A nine-year-old boy found hanging from a Minneapolis clothesline. Uh, the report reads, investigators in Minneapolis are looking into the death of a nine-year-old boy after he was found hanging from a clothesline on the city's north side. Minneapolis police spokesperson Cindy Barrington confirms that neighbors found the boy hanging from a wire that was attached to this clothesline behind an abandoned home on the 3200 block of Bryant Avenue North Thursday. Police and paramedics were there in minutes but were unable to revive the child. He died Monday night. Barrington says investigators are reaching out to other children in the neighborhood who may have been playing with the boy who was visiting from Georgia with his family. They hope to have an answer to what led to the fatal incident soon. That was one. This was uh, in July. And then the second incident, this is more recently, a Kenyan man found hanging on a tree in New Jersey. Uh, this is from August 11th. Uh, police in New Jersey City, New Jersey, have launched investigations into the circumstances leading to the death of a Kenyan man whose body was found hanging on a tree in one of the city's parks. On Tuesday, the body of Jeffrey Kilabiwa, 61, was discovered dangling from a tree by a passerby in Lafayette Park. Hudson County Prosecutor's Office spokesman Gene Rubino told a media briefing that Jersey City Police received a call from a woman taking her morning walk near Lafayette Park who said she saw a man hanging from a tree. Police arrived at the scene and discovered a Kenyan man in his 60s suspended from the tree on the west side of the park, Rubino said. He was taken to Jersey City Medical Center where he was pronounced dead on arrival, added Rubino. Although the police said they did not suspect foul play in the death, Pressure is mounting from the Kenyan community in New Jersey who want full investigations carried out, saying the manner in which Mr. Kilawiba died was suspect. His hands were bound with a rope. That's not how people hang themselves. We must know the truth, said Nelson Mogesha, longtime friend of the deceased. It is also emerged that a day before he died, Mr. Kilawiba had been held at a New Jersey police station after being found walking the city streets in what his friend described as a confused state of mind. And, according to Mr. Mogesha, the deceased had just been relieved of his job in a city mall, and this weighed heavily on him. He was not himself. I think there were other issues, but the loss of his job was the straw that broke the camel's back. Police at the Livingstone Police Station, where 
Kilawiba was held are looking for a woman whom they say is the acquaintance who he came who came for him. She is a person of interest as she introduced herself as his friend and the police released him to her. The latest incident comes only days after a 33-year-old Kenyan man was shot dead by his mother-in-law before turning the gun on himself in Bethlehem, Georgia. Uh, the report concludes there. Again, this is from August 11th. Uh, as I said, this is three different incidents of black males being found hanging uh, suspiciously, one in Texas, one in New Jersey, one in Minnesota. Well, see, I think that black people have to say that our total situation as black people is under the control of the system of racism, white supremacy. Now, this is not to say that black people um, should just sit down and not take responsibility for changing their situation, but everything that happens is directly and or indirectly related to the system, the systematic dynamic of oppression of racism, white supremacy that controls all aspects of our lives. That includes whether one is going to have a job or not have a job or whether one is going to be frightened and worried because they lose a job. Well, how are they going to eat? How are they going to support themselves? And so if black people have a systematic way of interpreting these events and not be frightened by people who classify themselves as white saying, there you go playing the race card, the answer to that is we're not talking about a card game. We're talking about a power system dynamic of racism, white supremacy for white genetic survival that creates these conditions. For example, in medicine, the discussion has been for the last decade or more talking about the health disparities. Black people have more hypertension, more diabetes, more obesity, more kidney disease. Well, all of these are resultant from a disparate system. Racism, white supremacy is a disparate system, meaning that black people and white people do not live under the same set of circumstances in economics, education, entertainment, labor law, politics, religion, sex, and war. Racism, white supremacy is 24-7 stress on black people. 24-7 stress times 365 days a year times whatever number of years the person has been living under. So we have to get the courage to dialogue in a meaningful way about the circumstances under which we live for the last 500 years. So that we, I mean, in other words, if you keep saying black people have more hypertension, black people have more kidney disease, black people have uh, more diabetes, then the next thing, well, black people must be genetically impaired. No, black people are living under the stress, 24-7 stress of racism, white supremacy.
It's not only stress, it borders on terrorism. If people are passing laws like stand your ground, so every black male person has to be wondering whether somebody is going to walk up and say, I'm afraid of you, and be shot. Racism, white supremacy is the highest form of terrorism. And black people should be addressing it that way. And I'm not talking about spending any time or energy hating white people. That's not the answer. You don't sit down at a chessboard and hate your opponent. You sit down at the chessboard and try to analyze each and every move that the opponent makes. Analyze what strategy, what tactics, what are the ultimate goal objectives of every move that they make. And having, because you understand the game, designing the counter moves that you're going to make. It's just like understanding the system of racism, white supremacy benefits when black people hate themselves and hate one another. And so black people have to say, no, we, we're going to neutralize that. We're going to understand all of this is in behalf of white genetic survival. So we're going to maximize treating each other with courtesy and with respect. We're going to maximize not name-calling and not squabbling and not cursing one another. We're going to maximize, could add to that list, having respect for the act of self-reproduction. Add to that list, not playing producing children. Because when you play with sex, the joke is on the offspring who the people are not ready to take care of, and the child has to suffer. There's nothing worse than bringing a child in the world and not being able to take care of the child and that child suffering through that experience. So all of these things that, you know, we have to, again, I won't say that the time for marching is over, but it's time to start analyzing and thinking. And anybody who is not thinking and talking about deepening their understanding of racism, white supremacy as a system is not doing what they ought to do in the 21st century. This is our challenge and this is the work for the 21st century. Stop complaining, start analyzing. Start thinking. Don't let anybody tell you to stop thinking about system of racism, white supremacy, the system for white genetic survival on the planet. Ashe, Ashe. Uh, I see the folks that have dialed in. Uh, we'll go right down the line. If you have questions and you're listening in, just press star six and I will get your hand. Uh, the person, I think this is our caller in Florida. Did you have a question for Dr. Welsing? Greetings. 
Greetings, sir. Good to hear you. Greetings. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I am a uh, non-white black male who is attempting to uh, be a parent to uh, my son, uh, who I have a deep affection for, 17-year-old. Uh, uh, the school year is about to begin tomorrow. Uh, could you give me and the listeners a suggestion on what parents should be uh, informing and or encouraging of their uh, children uh, uh, that's embarking on, in, it, in his case, this is his last year of uh, grade school. Could you give me some suggestions on what I should be uh, uh, prompting him on as far as the school year getting started tomorrow morning? Uh, you say he's 17 years of age? Yes, ma'am. How old is he? He's 17? Yes, ma'am. He's See, 17. I, I would say, uh, you know, sit down and have a very calm discussion with him about, look, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy. We have been in this system for the last 500 years. We have not always understood exactly what it is and how it works. Like early on, we thought when we were in formal slavery that if they just removed the chains that everything was going to be okay. And then we found that the chains were replaced with laws so-called Jim Crow laws, but we no longer call them Jim Crow laws. We call them racist and white supremacy laws. And so we thought if we can just change the laws, and that period was called the Civil Rights Era, and we thought if they changed the laws, everything was going to be okay. And we look up after the laws were changed, and now they're trying to circle back and put those laws in place. Now, the reason being is that the people who classify themselves as white, they're a tiny, tiny minority on the planet, and they're getting ready to be a tiny minority in this area of the world. And so they're nervous, and when they get nervous, sometimes they think that they have a right to kill. So I want you to understand that you're talking to your son. And I don't want you to spend any time hating, being discourteous and disrespectful. That's not necessary. All you have to do is practice respecting yourself as a young black man and deciding that you are going to work very hard in school, learn as much as you can, and go as far with your education as you can go so that you can help black people change this situation, this system of injustice, into a system of justice so there can be peace on this planet. And say, so I want you to understand that, and I'm going to buy Neely Fuller's book for you because it has a lot of behavioral advice that uh, will be helpful to you. And to the best of your ability, I want you to stay away from 
all drugs and all alcohol because the system is now trying to deceive black people by legalizing marijuana and telling black people it's okay. But if you listen to the medical discussions that are even on the television, where some of the doctors are coming forward and talking about the strength of what is being turned out as marijuana is much stronger and that it can help cause a person to become psychotic. And as far as you can say, Dr. Francis Wilson believes that the intention is to black people not having jobs, and so all they have to do is sit in their area and get high on marijuana as opposed to having their brains clear so that they can be in the push for demanding justice. So, you know, tell your son to respect himself, and if he respects himself, then he will respect black females because we are all 50% from our mothers and 50% genetic makeup from our fathers. And if we as a people, if, if you're a young black man and say you hate black women, or if it's a young black woman saying she hates black men, then you're not in a passing level of respect for yourself. A healthy people will respect themselves as male and female respect one another as male and female. And so tell your son, whenever, if there's anything I can help you with, come and ask me to help, and I will be there to help you and to help you succeed. Is that helpful to you? Thank, thank you, ma'am. And he was sitting right in ear's distance uh, of of you saying this. So I very, I very much appreciate uh, what you had to say. Thank you for your call. Uh, the person that dialed in seven five three seven seven five three seven. Did you have a question for Doctor Welsing? Yes, I did. I just have one question. Um, how would you define intelligence? Dr. Wilson. Uh, can you repeat that for me, LeVar? How would you define intelligence? Well, intelligence uh, would first and foremost have to consist of understanding your environment. Do you see, for example, I mean, if a person is uh, in a very cold climate, and they don't have an understanding of their environment, so they go out in that environment with a swimming suit on, somebody would have to say either the person is not intelligent or they are mentally ill. So intelligence, first of all, means answering the question that black people's brains force them to repeat over and over and over again, and that is what's happening. It's just like intelligence on the football field. If you go on a football field with a uniform on, then the most important thing for you is understand the game of football so you don't go to the locker room and look for a tennis racket. 
or if it's basketball, what is the game that is on the court? How is this game played? What do you have to do to make points? Meaning you're understanding what is required for where you are for your maximal level performance. So I would say that, you know, Carter G. Woodson wrote the book, Miseducation of the Negro. He probably didn't use these exact words, but we as black people are miseducated to the extent that we are denied detailed information about being in a system of racism, white supremacy. See, they call the system democracy that has imperfections. But we are in a perfected system. 500 years of perfection of operating a system of racism, white supremacy. But black people are denied knowledge and understanding of that system. They are deceived in various ways. You see, like, young men being deceived that you can have tattoos all over your face and get a job. Or that you can have tattoos up and down your arm and get a job. Because there are places that if you have any tattoos, they won't even consider you for employment. So out of our frustration many times, not understanding what the system is and being systematically denied knowledge of the system, then people get frustrated, and in their frustration, they start thinking, oh, I can do anything. I, I don't have to think about what I'm doing or how it looks or what are the implications of what I do. Do you see? And so you can look at some of the clothing and the dress styles that our young people engage in. And anybody who's thinking about uh, employing somebody, those fashions, those clothes won't work. And if nobody is telling them, I had a young woman in my office last week, a uh, young woman in college, and she told me she attended Hampton Institute. And she said the president of Hampton walks around on the campus, and if any young people are not appropriately dressed, he speaks to them. And I said, I was so happy to hear that. I know that used to take place years ago on Howard University's campus. You see, where the president would walk around amongst the students, and if any young person wasn't appropriately dressed like they cared about themselves and they respected themselves, he would walk up to a young man, young woman, and, you know, admonish them in a kind way about how he wanted them to learn to present themselves and to how he wanted them to think about themselves and how he wanted them to be successful as young people going out in this world 
that did not always have a positive attitude towards helping black people. But I told this young woman that I was so happy to hear that, I said, I'm going to call the president of Hampton University, and I am, and just say I'm so glad to hear that. Because we need everybody. Every black person needs to think of themselves as a leader. That's why we all need to understand racism, white supremacy as a system. And that makes everybody a leader. Everybody is leading themselves and to the extent that they can help another person, helping them and helping our young people. You see, throw away all of this trashy talk, all this terminology, gangsters, niggers, bitches, hoes, and helping our young people get this trash out of their thinking and helping them understand this is psychological warfare in a system that doesn't intend for you to succeed. But we have to intend that we are going to be successful and we're going to manifest that we are the creator of the universe made black people the first people, the mothers and fathers of everybody. And now we are the most trashed, self-trashing people on this planet, being led in this direction by the system of racism and white supremacy. And so we have to say, wow, we, you know, we've been on a bad trip, and we've let other people lead us. And so now we're going to get in charge of leading ourselves and manifesting that we are going to be people with pride and dignity and self-respect second to none on this planet. So that when they see a black person walking down the street, it's just like when the food of Islam Elijah Muhammad had the young men walking around. If you saw one at a distance, your heart felt good. And we've come a long way with young men with their pants hanging down. See, I say the only people that legitimately, almost legitimately, can walk around with their pants hanging down is a baby with a dirty diaper. A baby indicating it's not being taken care of. But we have to help ourselves, help one another, help all of our young people understand we are on the mission of manifesting that we understand who the creator of the universe intended us as black people to be. We are no longer going to be the lowest of the low the trashiest of the trash. That's what the system of racism and white supremacy. It doesn't have any use for black people unless it can look at us as trash. Look at the black man that we have as president, President Barack Obama, intelligent, brilliant black man. And they can't stop trying to trash him and disrespect him. So we have to understand that is, what, what did they say? What did the opposition say? They wanted to see 
President Obama failed, and they were going to block everything that he attempts to do. Now, that's just the prescription that they have for all of us. And so we have to understand, well, that's the logic. That's the logic of racism, white supremacy. That's the logic of white genetic survival by any means necessary. And we have to say we have the counter for that because we are going to have the respect. Out of the civil rights era, when black people went up against the hoses of the system of racism, white supremacy, the dogs, the horses, the billy clubs, and black people came out of that with their black pride, black dignity, black is beautiful, black self-respect. And I say the system understood, wait a minute, for these people, no other people in the history of this country went through that, showed that much dignity and pride in themselves that black people showed. So the system said, wait a minute, this is dangerous. If we let these people go forward with black dignity and black pride and black self-respect and thinking that black is beautiful, we will have danger on our hands. So we are going to have to demean and degrade them, and we can do it because they don't really understand our system. So all we have to do is tell them we're going to put them in the movies, and we'll have them playing Superfly, cursing and using drugs, men kicking women, calling women abusive names. No, they don't understand our system. They think it's about money. We will have them demeaning and degrading themselves, and then next phase we will have them singing songs where they trash themselves and trash one another. We will wage psychological warfare on them, and then we will have them killing each other. And they won't even understand what has happened to them. Now, this is where we are. And we have to analyze, 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 understand racism, white supremacy as a system structure. Not spend any time hating white people, but understanding what racism, white supremacy is and what the people who have said white genetic survival by any means necessary. So when we see some black man hanging from a tree, that's old school. That's what the system has done. Incarcerate the men. Lynch them. Castrate them. Because we are afraid of them. They have the genetic power to cause white genetic annihilation. Destroy them. And when we destroy them, we will have destroyed the whole of black people. They will never recover unless we decide 
we have been taken to the lowest depths. But we are going to come out of this and be what the creative force in the universe intended us to be as black people, the mothers and fathers of everybody on this planet. That's why it should pain all of us as black people in our hearts when we see this carnage that is going on on the continent of Africa. All of this killing and all of this slaughter, because as a matter of fact, the system has to kill. It has to kill in order to survive. So if, if we have the determination and we have the will, like I said, it doesn't involve hating, it doesn't involve calling white people any names, it's just like you sit down at the chessboard or you go on the football field, you go on the basketball court. You are depending upon your skill, your knowledge of the game, and your skill to win. And we have been denied knowledge of racism and white supremacy. Now we can understand it. We can understand it in depth, and we are going to master understanding how to relate to it. See, if black people, if black people said, no, we don't kill each other, oh, no, that's where we used to be as black people. No, we do not kill each other. No, we do not play with sex and produce throwaway children. We have too much respect for ourselves. We don't throw away children. We don't produce children that we cannot take care of. We have religious, spiritual respect for the act of sexual intercourse. We do not demean ourselves in that way. That is not the tradition of Africa. So there's no doubt in my mind that uh, we can turn ourselves around, but we're not going to turn ourselves around if we are not as nearly full of city. We don't understand white supremacy, racism, as a total system, what it is and how it works. If we don't understand that, so that has to be, you know, we, we should all be saying, wait a minute, 50 years have passed since the March on Washington. If Dr. Martin Luther King were to be able to see where we are today, people killing one another, massive levels of incarceration, massive levels of unemployment, he might decide to be violent. Is this what I gave my life for? It's just like Trayvon Martin. Young man killed. Instead of flowers, we should make a monument. Wait a minute. Racism and white supremacy think, the pattern of thinking, that we can shoot and kill a young black man with impunity. This is racism and white supremacy think. And all black people, wait a minute, the monument to Trayvon Martin and all of the other people killed 
No, the monument is going to be our respect for ourselves and our understanding and our being able to talk about racism, white supremacy, what it is and how it works. Not playing games with some post-racial. Laughing on TV when somebody's talking about racism. So, no, we can, we can change. Again, I can't get over the fact we're the first people, the creative force in the universe made us the first human beings on this planet. The first mathematicians, the first astronomers, the first architects, the first people to understand God. And look where we are, and look where Africa is. We should all say, wait a, wait a minute. Time for foolishness is over. Time for not understanding, respect for ourselves as black people. That's over. We have been on that trip. We are in the land of near genocide, and that's not what we're going to see happen to ourselves. Uh, person that called. <laughs> right on. Uh, person that dialed in. Uh, last four digits five three six zero. Uh, your line is open. I'll give out the number again if folks have questions. It is seven six zero five six nine seven six seven six, and the code is five six four nine four three pound. Press star six if you have questions. Uh, make sure you do not wait till the last minute. Uh, five three six zero. Your line should be open. Good evening, Gusty Doctor Wilson. Good evening. Yes. Um, the movie The Butler came out this weekend, and when I was at the movies after the movie ended, I, I left the movie theater, and I've heard two young ladies stating that this movie was inspiring. And to me, this movie was not inspiring because it had black people in an inferior position. And our strike against white supremacy at the end of the movie was the election of President Barack Obama. My question is, why do you think that a lot of these movies play, putting us in inferior roles are coming out? Because in October, a movie called 12 Years a Slave is, uh, is about to be released. And what is your take on that? Well, I haven't, I haven't seen The Butler yet. And I do intend to um, try to see it. One thing that I was, uh, you know, there have been clips of the film on uh, television, so I've seen some of those. And what uh, I saw was that uh, when he was talking to one of his sons, I think they were may have been at the dinner table, and the son uh, sort of made fun or uh, ridiculed the father's position, and the father jumped up ready to kill him, and then the mother ended up slapping him, that I was sorry to see that. In other words, the father plays a subservient role in his, you know, which is, I mean, it's no disrespect to his role at all. 
being a butler, but where I'm treating white people with the ultimate level of courtesy and respect, and I come home and I'm ready to kill my own. Do you see which is the position that we are in as black people? White supremacy uh, is reigning over us, and then we take it out on each other. But I haven't seen the whole film, so I don't know what I will fill in the end, but I think that that's something that people should think about. Do you see? Because we are afraid of white people. I'm going to repeat that. We are afraid of white people. We are afraid to look them in the eye. I'm not talking about being discourteous or disrespectful. We are afraid of them, afraid to confront the racism, white supremacy, which they have practiced over us for 500 years. But we are big and bad when it comes to dealing with each other. And so that's what I saw in the clip, but I will I will see. See, this doesn't take away anything from the acting ability, but it's what, what are we shown? I was looking at the New York Times uh, several days ago, and they had a painting of the Amistad Revolt. And I thought... Uh, the images in the paintings were black people overthrowing the uh, ship captains and taking over that ship, and the dignity that they were portrayed in this painting. Uh, I think the painting uh, is at Talladega College. I mean, it's a whole series of paintings by this artist that uh, were developed, painted in the 30s. And I said, wow, look at these images of black people, uh, black people defending themselves and uh, protecting themselves. So I would like to see that. I'd like to see movies where black people are sitting down talking intelligently about their situation, calmly talking with one another, and talking about how they are going to solve the problems of racism, white supremacy. So I don't, I don't know how I will feel coming out of that movie in terms of what I think the movies that we see ought to be instructive about ending racism, white supremacy, uh, not necessarily applauding ourselves for enduring. So I don't know where it comes out. I do know that the the son who was uh, unhappy about racism, white supremacy, I would wish that his father had sat down with him and spoken to him with respect and said, son, let me help you understand. I know how you feel. I know how you feel that I am being demeaned in this role, but this is the way that I'm able to make a living for the family. But I understand and respect how you feel, and that's why I want you to get an education so that you can help change this reality of racism and white supremacy. Do you see that the mother and father were 
treating the son with respect and understanding. And this is 2013. This is not a movie being made in uh, 1945 or 1995. This is 2013. So I will, I will see it, and uh, maybe I'll have some other thoughts about it at that point. Uh, the person that dialed in last four digits zero six seven three zero six seven three. Did you have a question for Dr. Welsing? Uh, yes, uh, this is Brother Minister. I, I want to say first of all, I really appreciate the show, and it's some great information going here. And Dr. Welsing, I want to say thank you so much uh, for the work that you have done and doing. Um, you've changed my life in many ways. Um, Thank you. Mm -hmm. my, my question is, um, reading your book, The ISIS Papers, um, you indicate about the origin of white, uh, the white race, and you kind of, well, the, what, what I perceive from it, um, that there is a, a, a albino variation genotype. Um, I was wanting to ask... Um, what would be your position? I've heard one other position that some have said about the, the Neanderthal um, origin of the white race. And I think it's Dr. Booker T. Um, I think Booker T., I, I can't think of his last name, Coleman, um, kind of mentioned something about that. I was wondering if you had any comments about um, the Neanderthal theory uh, of the origin of the white race. Well, let, let me say this, that information has been available for a long time that um, human life began on the continent of Africa. And for people who classify themselves as white to simultaneously say white is superior and to say that white people came from black people as mutations uh, is a little bit difficult. A mutation is, the particular mutation uh, of albinism is considered not by Francis Welsing, but by white geneticists as a genetic deficiency state. So if they didn't want to face that, then they would posit Neanderthals, that there were several cradles of, uh, of uh, development so that you would have some people in the north that they would call Neanderthals who didn't come from black people, that they were an independent creation. That's what I say, do you see? But everybody did come from the paleontologists and anthropologists are basically saying that, you know, in agreement that human life at this point in time, it's clear, came from Africa and that everybody came from Africa. And mutations to albinism are not uncommon. The continent of Africa is still producing mutations to albinism, as are other pigmented populations. And I say that, the, in other words, science, if it can be a simple, direct explanation, then you don't need a whole lot of complicated 
make up theories. So it's very easy to understand mutations to albinism coming from a pigmented population. And I say that's where the story in the Bible of Adam and Eve, those were some of the first mutants. I mean, a, a mythological story about that. And the story goes as we read it in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, that Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. They ate the forbidden fruit and became ashamed of their nakedness. Now, I say that that in a mythological form is the explanation for the production of albino mutants. Nakedness. They didn't have skin color because of the genetic deficiency disease of albinism, which, of course, the Bible didn't discuss, but we know in medicine what that is. And so uh, that's the simplest explanation. I mean, you have, they had an a albino bow constrictor on the television the other day. I mean, all, they have albino roaches, and somebody told me one time uh, an insult that somebody would say to another person, you had so many roaches that you even had some white ones, meaning that after... Uh, you know, if you have a large enough population of of roaches or anything else, then the chance of a mutation occurring after a certain number is possible. You know, the uh, mutation would occur with a certain frequency. Not every birth, not every thousand, not every ten thousand, but every hundred thousand, for example. And so we know about mutation to albinism. We know about it even occurring on the continent of Africa today. We even know how the black people have mistreated the albino mutants and put them out. And, and tragically, I understand in some places in East Africa, they killed the albinos. Uh, hopefully that's not going to continue because it is just a particular mutation pattern. And so we don't need a whole lot of strains. We don't need to posit that people became white because they went to a cold climate. No, they became white as a result of a mutation to albinism. And if they wanted to survive, they did better going further north where the sun intensity was less so that they wouldn't develop skin cancer. But we don't need to bring in Neanderthal to explain the origin of white people. Uh, the person that dialed in last four digits, 6234, 6234. Did you have a question for Dr. Welsing? Uh, caller, last four digits, 6234. Did you have a question? I'm not here. I don't know if you muted your line or if you're having some difficulties or what have you. Uh, final check. Last four digits, 6234. Did you have a question for Dr. Welsing? Okay. I'm assuming uh, if you, uh, I don't know if you muted your line or if you're having some issues, maybe you can hang up and try dialing back in, see if that clears things up. Uh, 
the caller that dialed in 9325, uh, Mr. Demery 4. Demery 4, did you have a question for Dr. Welsing? Yes, uh, good evening, uh, Dr. Welsing. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Gus. Uh, I'm having a little hard uh, time hearing now. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'll hold now. Can I be heard? I can hear you, yes, sir. Okay, speak as loud as you can, sir. Okay, I'll, I'll do the best I can. Uh, okay, Dr. Dr. Wilson, uh, my, my question is related to uh, the fact that black people do not qualify for mental health. Okay, I was I recently went to see the movie, uh, The Butler, and without giving away any of the movie, uh, my question is related to the way that the audience would respond to different portions of the movie. They were laughing when things were not funny. They were clapping at inappropriate times. And the audience was a mixed audience. Uh, various age groups, and I thought it was very strange to me that uh, that type of reaction would occur, but uh, I thought about what you had said, and I was wondering if you could uh, clarify the inappropriate reactions of a lot of the audience majority. Well, almost the entire audience was black or non-white. I saw one white cup. I'll mute my line and take the answer. Thank you. Uh, you know, I think that I would I would say that black people don't know how much our respect for ourselves has been damaged. You have a lack of respect for ourselves as black people, and then you have a lot of ignorance as to circumstance, so that black people, instead of being uh, appropriately sensitive, find themselves, in other words, if you think about the number of people who are comfortable hearing black people called nigger or using that language themselves in relationship to other black people, um, take Russell Simmons. You see, he probably is a millionaire, and then he thinks it's okay and ha-ha to demean and degrade a figure like Harriet Tubman. In other words, the system of racism and white supremacy doesn't teach black people to have a high level of respect for themselves and to have in-depth knowledge of their history. So when they go and look at something that they ought to have respect for or be sensitive to, they find themselves laughing inappropriately. So I would say, again, it's what has happened to us in the system of racism, white supremacy, which is why we have to 
start, we have to go back or start all over taking very seriously our situation, understand that our self-respect has been damaged and that the first order of business is to be seriously involved in repairing the image of ourselves as black people, which, you know, for example, every single day that we see in the news and President Obama is being demeaned and in some way degraded. You see, if a person doesn't understand this is racism, white supremacy, think. Other people, somebody who doesn't understand is just thinking, oh, it's okay to demean and degrade. And so I don't have any other understanding than to go to a movie when I should be silent or reflective, I am laughing. You see, it's, uh, uh, I'm just thinking of, uh, about uh, the children who were, uh, who were fighting and, and beating up somebody. I mean, it's like we are not being programmed, not being programmed at home, not being programmed in the schools, not being programmed by this culture to take seriously and really deeply value ourselves as a people. For example, think about all the people who are walking around with some store-bought straight hair. Now, the person, you know, somebody will just say, well, that's style. But... At another level, the person is thinking, I don't like myself the way I am. I have to try to look like a white person with this hanging down long straight hair. So then I have hang me down long straight hair and I go and sit in a movie about black people. I'm trying to make myself as white as I can. And so am I going to be sensitive or insensitive to what I see on the screen happening to black people? So if it's something that people who classify themselves as white think of doing to demean a black person, then I'm laughing with the white people. I'm thinking like them because I'm not black. See my hair? Don't I look white? <laughs> so, again, we have to embrace ourselves and understand what is happening to us in a cultural dynamic that is really genociding us. It's genociding us right before our very eyes. As I said earlier, if you destroy the men of a people, those people are on a genocide slide. And any group of people that are fearful of their genetic annihilation will consciously, subconsciously move on genociding the people that they are fearful of. So we're in a cultural dynamic where this is happening. And the dominant response on the part of black people is not, wait a minute, what is happening to us? Let us protect ourselves. Let us correct this situation. No, we are sitting and sliding along on the genocide slide.
completely oblivious. Oh, I don't want to talk about racism. Why do we have to talk about racism? Oh, we're post-racial. That's old school to talk about racism. So we're in a state of confusion, and uh, that may be partly an explanation for why people are laughing inappropriately. But I mean, I'm 78 years old, and I remember growing up, and that was a complaint of going to the movies. You see, where some black person was being beaten by a white person, let's say by a slave master, and you would have some black people in the audience laughing. So again, what does the system of racism, white supremacy, does it teach black people to respect and to value themselves, or does it teach them to demean and to degrade themselves? And this story about Russell Simmons and what he chose to portray of one of our historic figures, Harriet Tubman, and to have her having sex with a slave master. And this is something that people are supposed to laugh at. This is 2013. And a man who is maybe a multimillionaire. That's what he as a black man thinks to do. In August of 2013, shortly before the historic, the 50-year anniversary of the March on Washington. So, you know, the system has caused us to be warped in many ways. Sick, psychologically sick in terms of our respect for ourselves. So we're going to all have to work on understanding and deciding that we are going to help ourselves heal as the parent people on this planet. We are not going to continue in the demeaned and degraded role that the system of racism and white supremacy has had to put us in and which all too many of us are carrying out blindly because we don't understand. Wanted to double-check the caller uh, that dialed in before it might have been having some difficulty on their line. Uh, the person that dialed in last four digits, 6234, 6234. Did you have a question for Dr. Welsing? Yes, can I be heard? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, taking myself off speakerphone. All right. Um, I just wanted to say uh, hotel to the family and uh, that I humble myself before Dr. Francis Chris Welsing right now. <clears throat> And um, greetings to you, Dr. Francis Chris Wilson. Greetings to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you a question concerning a situation. If you could, you know, elaborate on it in a workplace environment where this is a new training class of mixed individuals at a telemarketing company and a racist suspect walks in and starts to tell anti-jokes 
or HR inappropriate jokes, and the person starts off with an anti-Semitic joke and then goes into an anti-black joke, <clears throat> there's four African people or black people, non-white people in the class, and she proceeds to say, what do you call four black people driving off a cliff? Then she says, my friends. What what would you say about her comment and the people in the room? Now this is uh, this is a white person who did this. Yes, ma'am. Uh, is it a is this is a classroom? Is that a student, a fellow student who did that, or this is a supervisor is the of the company? This is a supervisor of the company that comes in in a training class setting that has white individuals, majority white individuals, and four non-white black individuals in the room. Um. You know, everything is sort of situation dependent. It's like I don't know whether um, the situation would allow you to say at that point, um, do you understand that your uh, remark might be considered uh, a racism, white supremacy remark? I mean, to put it in the form of a question and see how the person responds to that. You see, perhaps you, you know, you could say, can you explain why you would say such a thing in this class? Can you help, can you help me understand, can you help us understand why you would say that or why you would think it was appropriate? Now, if the person is fearful that if they make such a comment, they might lose their job and that the best thing would be to maybe go and speak to the person one-on-one. -on -one. Do, do you see? But to raise a question, do you realize that uh, your remark can be considered one of racism, white supremacy, or can you help us understand, help me understand, why you would say such a thing. Uh, right at this moment, I don't understand why you would say that. Can you help me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. But I was just speaking from the aspect of, like, her attacking us under a system of white supremacy and using that time to See, I'm going to have to ask him to repeat because I'm missing out on some of your words. I'm speaking on the aspect of her using white supremacy on the job against the non-white people in the class, not not just them understanding, but like that being an EEOC uh, charge and, you know, civil rights and discrimination, if that took place. See, in, in other words, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy. And I would say if black people were saying, you know, if our conversation on a daily basis, well, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, and so we can anticipate these kinds of comments, 
you see, if black people were, I know that we say the system is democracy, but as a black person, I think that we are in a system of racism, white supremacy. And so these kinds of remarks are to be anticipated. Which is why we see, we, you know, every day you turn on the news, it's something else about racism. It's because we are in a system of racism, and this is just the everyday evidence. And so instead of us as black people saying, no, we are not in a system of racism, we say, this is, we are, this is a proof. We are in a system of racism, white supremacy. So if black people were talking in that manner all the time, talking to other black people, talking to white people in their conversations, well, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, and in a system of racism, white supremacy, which is for white genetic survival, we can anticipate. Now, to the extent possible, if there is a channel for remedy, then take it into that channel. But to anticipate and to expect it as opposed to saying we are not in a system of racism, white supremacy, and so why should these kind of things happen or why should these remarks, kind of remarks, be made? For example, I was uh, invited to speak at a prison some years ago in this area and a white university professor, female, invited me to um, come and speak at the prison. And so I went and spoke at the prison, you know, 99.9% .9 black male prisoners, and I talked about racism, white supremacy as a system. And so she was driving me back home, and she said to me, Dr. Welsing, I hate to admit it. Now, this is a white female professor at a prestigious university saying to me, Dr. Welsing, I hate to admit it, but on all social occasions, on all, not some, not occasionally, she said, on all social occasions, when it's only white people present, no black people present. She said, we are talking negatively about black people. She said, I hate to admit it. And I told her I understood because they are simply talking code. They're talking code about how to maintain racism, white supremacy for the purpose of white genetic survival, which necessitates talking negatively, thinking negatively about black people, speaking amongst themselves in a negative way about black people, and following that up with behavior that is negative towards the interest of black people. You see, so if we come out of our own denial of racism so that we understand what this professor said is true as opposed to, oh, I don't want to believe that I have some good white friends and I know they like me. I sleep with white people. 
That sucks. You see, but if we said, no, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, what do you think the person that you call your friend is doing on such at such a social event. Like sometimes white people who say to me, Dr. Welsing, how can I help? And my answer is, tell black people what white people talk about when there's no black people around. And that white person goes silent. You see, so if instead of we, see, we don't like ourselves. People, when people don't like themselves, they always want somebody else to love them because there's a deficiency in self-love. So I hope that white people like me and I hope white people validate me. Otherwise, I'm nothing. Versus if we loved and respected ourselves, and so then if a white person says, oh, we are always talking negatively about you. See, I say if a black person and a white person were having engaged in a sex act, if the black person said, wait a minute, tell me what white people talk about when there's no black people around, the sex act will stop. Yet that's somebody they're supposed to be close to. but they're not revealing war secrets. Why aren't all the white people who are right now married to, in bed with black people, why don't they have an organization, a John Brown organization, to stop the other white people who are practicing white supremacy? There's no such organization. So our challenge as black people is to find a way to respect ourselves and love ourselves so that we have enough self-love so that we're able to face reality. And if the reality is that there's a significant number of people who are willing to engage in a Tuskegee syphilis experiment, are willing to engage in the biological warfare of HIV AIDS against the interests of black people in this area of the world and on the continent of Africa, willing to face that reality because if the majority people on the planet faced the reality of racism, white supremacy, and had respect for themselves, it would stop overnight. Because the white minority would say, wait a minute, these people are not going to tolerate this. They love themselves. They respect themselves as black people. They don't want to be white. They respect who they are. And they are the most decent, calm, quiet people 
their level of decency cannot be matched. But they will not tolerate being destroyed. They will not tolerate injustice. They're the most calm, dignified people any place in this universe. But they will not tolerate injustice. See, it's just like children when the parents... I looked at a television program, one of these nanny programs where the children are in completely out of control in the household. And this program was a white family, and the little boy was calling the mother a bitch and spitting on the mother and kicking the mother. So the nanny had to come in and correct the situation. It's like black people who are fortunate enough to have a grandparent, a grandmother who, if you were misbehaving, all she had to do was raise her eyebrow and you knew to get your behavior together. You see, she didn't yell, scream, she didn't have to curse, or she almost didn't have to lift a finger, but you knew if she raised her eyebrows, the child responding to the respect that the older person had for herself, you knew you had to get your behavior lined up in a hurry. Now, when black people, see, we're, we're the mothers and fathers of everybody on this planet, but we have been reduced to trash. It's just like parents who don't know their place in the home, and so they want to do go in the basement with the music playing and shake their booty like their children. And so then the children don't have any respect for them because they don't know their place. They don't know what level of self-respect and dignity is required to be leaders in that household. So that's where we have to recover in ourselves and, and become, you see, the most peaceful people, the most intelligent, the most dignified people the planet has ever seen because they're like their ancestors who were the first people on this planet. They have recovered themselves. And so when black people are in that posture, you know, the white people will get themselves in line or they will get on a spaceship and go to another planet. But they will know, wait a minute, these black people... These are the parent people, and they're not going to tolerate this. They're not going to tolerate injustice. They are not going to tolerate trashiness. They are simply not going to allow it to take place. Now, that's who we need to realize what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And I hope Russell Simmons 
will get this message that he ought to be so ashamed of himself that he needs to stay in hiding for the next 25 years and never show his face. How dare you demean the name of Harriet Tubman? How dare you? So I hope he gets this message. Dr. Francis Welsing is saying to you, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, there was another person that called in and we had a written question. Uh, do you have time to take one more caller and a written question? Sure. Okay. Um, the person that dialed in, I think this is uh, Peaches. Your line should be open. Um, yeah, hi. This is Peaches. Hi, Dr. Uh, Francis Chris Welsing. How are hi, you? Hi. Fine, thank you. How are you? Um, I want to ask you a question. Um, what do you say to some black females that consider themselves to be pro-black and, and um, um, knowledgeable about racism, white supremacy, but still straighten their hair and say, oh, that doesn't have anything to do with it. I, I, I know what's, what's inside of my head, and the way I wear my hair has nothing to do with that. What do you say to people like that? Well, you know, really, people can do whatever they want with their hair, their hair, uh, because what really is important is what is inside of their heads. You know, how are their brains working? What kind of thoughts do they have? Do you see, but when somebody has to put all of this straight hair on their hair, when they look in the mirror, what do they see? You see, the question is, where does the brain go? Yes. Am I seeing, am I seeing I'm almost there, I'm almost white. I'm almost white. See, it's just like looking at television, looking at the news, and you see the white woman with this long, straight hair hanging down, and then you see the black person with all this shower of straight hair. Mm -hmm. The question is, what is the person looking in the mirror? What are they thinking about themselves? And how does that influence how they relate to another black person? Yes. See, there's been massive programming since the days when black people were talking about black pride black dignity, black self-respect. And so we've come up to a period, I don't know if you saw the CNN program with Anderson Cooper where they tested little white children and little black children showing them a series, the same face but different colors. And you had... Young black children, you had three-year-old white children, and the faces went from white to black. And they asked a three-year-old white child, which one is ugly? And without hesitation, the three-year-old 
white child points to black. Which one is bad? Three-year-old white child points to black face. Which one is dumb? Points to the black face. And then they tested slightly older black children. Which one is ugly? The black child points to black. Which one is bad? Points to black. You know, which one is dumb? Points to black. Yeah. You see, so, and then people are telling me that work in school settings, of uh, the number of black children who are saying, uh, I'm not black, I'm mixed race. See, yeah. now the question is, how much of that discussion is going on in the home? But this is just white supremacy think. Yeah. Teaching the black child to hate him or herself. Like they asked the black child, I remember this one little girl, I would think pretty little black girl. And so they asked her a further question, why, why don't you like that color? And she says, it's nasty. Meaning my color is nasty. There's nothing in my culture that teaches me to love and respect myself as I am. And so then when I encounter the reflection of myself, meaning another black person, I'm going to show them. I may not even realize what I'm doing, but I'm going to show them how I disrespect myself. Which just reminds me, I was in a store earlier today in a Kinko's and FedEx. And so I spoke to asking a question to a young black woman who was a clerk who had all this straight hair hanging down. And she couldn't even look up at me. I asked a question and she's still looking down as opposed to looking at you. May I help you? This is the answer to your question can't even acknowledge and look at a black person. Yes, I have all of this shower of straight hair hanging off of my head. I didn't even think twice about it until we're having this conversation. So the question is, what are we thinking about ourselves? which has everything to do with, see, it's, again, this brainwashing. If anybody black is dancing, popping their fingers to, singing to, nigger, bitch, gangster, thug, whore, then when they see genocide of black people happening right in front of them, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So what if it's 500 deaths here, 200 deaths there? That doesn't mean anything. Why? Because I'm a bitch. I'm a hoe. Uh -huh. I'm a gangster. I'm a thug. Yeah. I'm white. I'm mixed race. I'm not black. So, you know, sometimes I'm giving a lecture. If I have a blackboard, I do this. Let's give the system of racism, white supremacy, some A pluses.
because they've done their job. Yes, they have. They have masterfully done a job on us. And so we have to, you know, take note of that and say, wait a minute, <laughs> this is this is not supposed to be. Not going to spend one minute hating white people. They did the best they could organizing a system for their genetic survival as a tiny minority. Is it horrible? Yes. Is it wrong? Yes. Is it a system that necessitates mass murder? Yes. But now that we have been able to decode it and figure it out, what are we going to do? Because I say self-respect is more powerful than any nuclear weapon, any number of nuclear weapons. And so do we intend to put that black self-respect machine in operation. The creator of the universe made us black people. If we understood half the significance of this black pigment melanin, everything that the white supremacy system, the most powerful thing in the universe, is a black hole. The most powerful substance, black matter, dark matter. Yes. And yet we have been trained to demean and hate ourselves as black people. And so we have to embrace ourselves with respect, understanding, and say, we're going to be into transforming ourselves into becoming the people that we're supposed to be on this planet, in this universe. Neely Fuller says becoming universal man and universal woman. Yeah. That necessitates respect for ourselves. See, if we don't understand what that is and we need to go in the archives and get some of those films where those black people were marching for their voting rights or they were going to bus boycott and see the dignity on the faces of those people. The pride, the self-respect, the dignity that allowed them to go up against dogs and hoses and billy clubs, sacrificing lives. Look at the way they carry themselves. And that's what those persons intent on maintaining the white supremacy system, when they looked at that and said, that has to, that has to be destroyed. That, that, wait a minute. Do you see those men, women, and children going up against those hoses? And those dogs, those police dogs that were sick on them, the horses that were trampling over those black people. No, that that level of self-respect and dignity and pride, that has to be destroyed. 
And that is what has happened in the last 50 years, last 40 years. Yes. And that is what we have to understand. Yes. Thank you, ma'am, for answering my question. Uh, the person that wrote a question in, uh, they wanted to know if you could comment on the babies that are born either on drugs where the mother was using drugs during the pregnancy uh, and or individuals that just have some form of substance abuse problem or are exhibiting psychotic behaviors because of their substance abuse issues is it possible to get these people to get through to them so they can change their behavior too and also be productive to work against racism uh is it possible for is it possible to modify these people's behavior so that they're no longer having the complications from the substance abuse issues and that they can also contribute to replacing white supremacy with justice Yes, are you talking about children who have, uh, whose parents have been on drugs? Both, both children whose parents have been on drugs and individuals, whether they're older, who have their own substance abuse problems. See, I believe that, I think that there is infinite, pos infinite possibility for change where there is determination. I've seen patients who, uh, who have been on drugs, they were on drugs when they were carrying their children. No, this is not ideal. You see, but can people come through that? Maybe in some instances uh, the baby has been harmed forever, but in many instances people can, with their determination, they can come through it themselves, and all children, some children are, we can't play, we cannot pretend that they're not affected. And this is why I will repeat again and again and again, don't be fooled by all of this uh, decriminalizing marijuana use. Don't be fooled. Because you will have no idea what strength of the particular plant that a marijuana, uh, you know, uh, that the marijuana comes from. You have no idea what it's laced with. And what a trick to play on people. Somehow, anything that is constructive, like education, small classes, adequate schools, employment, housing. Somehow that's hard to get, but you can get all the marijuana you want. You can get all the cocaine you want. You can get all the heroin you want. But something that is known to be constructive, somehow we can't get that to you. Oh, HIV? Oh, too bad. Drugs cost too much. Oh, no, we can't have any preventive posters. Anything that is destructive, you can have plenty of. So people should, and again, I'm going to uh, speak briefly about when 
people think that they can be children and give birth to children and they can't take care of those children, those babies who are not taken care of, they're going to need drugs and they're going to need alcohol because they didn't get enough mature lap time and enough caring and consistency and stability of caring. So the little nervous system is all rattling and shaking. They'll get in school because they weren't given adequate nurturance as infants. And so they think they can't perform in school where they could be a genius, but if they're not given adequate care. So we have to get into the science of the maximal development of the black genetic and constitutional potential. The system of racism, white supremacy, takes the position we have to destroy the genetic and constitutional potential of black people. And so we have to get into the science. The system that is trying to survive genetically, they cannot provide, will not, cannot provide the conditions for the maximal development of the black genetic and constitutional potential. They are fearful of it because of their, you know, fear of genetic annihilation. So we have to get into the science. Meaning we have to respect who we are. We have to respect who we're supposed to be. And so mature people should be having children, not immature people who cannot pass on high levels of maturity to their children. See, or have so many children that they can't take care of like we were breeding in slavery. And so then we start breeding for the prison industrial complex because the children that are denied care are going to end up in the prison system. And and nobody is born bad. There's no baby born bad, but a baby can be born into circumstances where the behavior outcome is going to be destructive because they were not given the care. Their birth contract was breached. So again, it's going to be our responsibility at the 100% level to decide, no, we are going to be maximally developed and we are going to do it ourselves based on our understanding of what we are dealing with. See, I don't have a problem with white children being developed to the highest level of their genetic and constitutional potential. I don't have a problem at all with that. But I insist every black, brown, red, and yellow child on this planet has to be developed to the highest level of their genetic and constitutional potential, bar none. But it's not going to happen by magic. It's going to happen out of our determination and our respect for ourselves as to who we are and who we're supposed to be on this planet. And we're going to see that that happens. We're going to learn how to do everything that is necessary for the expression of our maximal development. 
context of white supremacy. Again, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, third generation physician, general and child psychiatrist, author of the ISIS papers, Keys to the Colors, her 20th visit to the program. Always a pleasure to have you on the broadcast. I uh, found the photograph that you mentioned earlier, the mural uh, from Talladega, Talladega College uh, of the Amistad Uprising, and uh, shared it on my Facebook page. And lots of the people listening who saw that uh, just it had a huge impact on their brain computer. I would encourage folks to check it out. There are a lot of images online from that mural, uh, Talladega College, the Amistad Uprising. It is uh, wow. Black self-respect on display. When they, uh, I think we were talking before. I mean, you 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 pulled that up on the computer. Yes, ma'am. I see. Okay, okay. It Isn't is. that fabulous? Wow! Black self-respect in all caps, bold print, highlighted. Wow. Um, wait. See, we ought to call that "Black Stands Your Ground." Ashe, <laughs> ashe. Wow, it's uh, it's incredible, and they even have some images from. Uh, I think I might have even seen one from the Underground Railroad. It might have been Harriet Tubman. It was quite a contrast from the Russell Simmons imagery that you've been talking about to black self-respect exactly. on display. Hundred and eighty degree difference. Um, thank you so much for sharing some of your Sunday evening, Doctor Welsing. It was phenomenal. Tons of listeners they were writing in and just wanted to thank you for sharing some of your time. We know you are super busy. It is just always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you for having me, and God bless for you to continue. Thank you so much. We will be in touch. Keep up your outstanding work, Doctor Welsing. All right. Good night. Good evening. Context of white supremacy. Uh, you can check that image out. It is uh, online. Again, you can just if you do a Google search for Talladega College, it will pop up. Talladega College, and it's the Amistad murals. Uh, you can check it out. Great work. I posted uh, one of the images on my Facebook page. Uh, they actually have a book as well that you can purchase uh, with lots of different artwork. I was correct. They do have uh, images from the Underground Railroad uh, as well. Um, but black people, self-respect, black self-respect on display. Uh, check it out. They have a whole uh, page dedicated to this. If you go to Talladega College, uh, you can see the website. Uh, I can give it out now. It's short. www.amistad.com murals.com one more time www.amistadmurals.com and you'll get more information about the black author who put all this together and the whole night you can get the book as well phenomenal information and uh, again Dr. Francis Cress Welsing uh, we should be back I think Tuesday might be incorrect on that I'm very much looking forward to not being on the air tomorrow because I think we've been working hard uh, for most of the summer. But we will be back on Tuesday. Uh, I think Pam should be with us on Wednesday, the book club on Friday. Counter racism grind continues. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I hope it was a constructive investment of your Sunday evening. Uh, black self-respect, black self-respect, black self-respect. Uh, creator, we ask that you help all of us uh, increase our black self-respect, the antidote to anti-blackness, uh, help us to abstain from squabbling, 
name calling other black people, other victims of racism, help us to recognize it is a monumental act of black mental health to refrain from squabbling with, criticizing, fault finding other victims of racism, black people. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice as soon as possible. Context of white supremacy. Signing out. I'm a victim, Your brother. Problem. You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.